Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast is brought to you by Liquidware, creators of FlexApp, the most feature-rich application layering product on the market. Check out whatmatrix.com for a feature breakdown of all the application layering products on the market. And also brought to you by Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues, regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. You can learn more from them at GoliathTechnologies.com. And now for this week's news. After last week's episode, which mostly featured announcements from Microsoft due to Ignite 2018, I was hoping to change it up with other news, but Microsoft dominated the news again this week. First up, Windows Server 2019 is now generally available. At Ignite, they announced it would be available in October, but the fact it's so early in October, in fact, just a week after the conference, makes me wonder why it wasn't released during Ignite, but hey, I'm not complaining. Some of the features are benefits to look forward to include the fact 2019 makes it easier to connect existing Windows Server deployments to Azure services, and Microsoft built interfaces for hybrid capabilities into the Windows Admin Center. With Windows Admin Center and Windows Server 2019, we can use hybrid features like Azure Backup, Azure File Sync, Disaster Recovery to extend our data centers to Azure. Microsoft also added the Storage Migration Service to help migrate file servers and their data to Azure without the need to reconfigure applications or users, which is something mentioned on the podcast in previous episodes, and I believe is a pet project of Ned Piles. For enhanced security, Windows Server's Shielded VMs now expands to support Linux VMs. Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection, or ATP as a lot of people know it, detects attacks and zero-day exploits, among other capabilities. Windows Server 2019 also includes Defender Exploit Guard to help you elevate the security posture of your IT environment and combat ransomware attacks. And on the app side of things, Microsoft have reduced the server core base container image to a third of its size. 2019 also provides improved app compatibility and support for Service Fabric and Kubernetes. And support also for Linux containers on Windows to help modernize your apps. You can also now run Windows and Linux containers side by side. Windows Server 2019 has also been designed with hyper-converged infrastructure in mind, providing greater integration and control of your HCI. If you are a Windows Server customer with valid software assurance, you can download Windows Server 2019 today on the Volume Licensing Service Center. You can also download the evaluation version of Windows Server 2019 on the Evaluation Center. For customers running Windows Server on Azure, Windows Server 2019 is also available in the Azure Marketplace. And later in October, Microsoft will be adding Server 2019 to the Visual Studio subscription, or what used to be MSDN, and other portals such as Microsoft's Partner Network. When it's available on MSDN, if you are going to try it out in your home lab, why not join the Windows Insider program and join the Fast Ring to help Microsoft improve the OS? On the desktop side, Windows 10 v1809 is now available. If you follow the podcast, some of the cool features available in this version you may already be familiar with, such as the dark theme option within Explorer and the MSIX packaging tool being now available. There's also a new Your Phone app, which I'll mention in another story later on. 
There's improved Microsoft Search thanks to AI capabilities, the ability to use Windows Autopilot in your Windows 7 to Windows 10 migration efforts. Also, Desktop Aperture Preview is now available in the United States and the UK. There's also support for hybrid Azure Active Directory join, enabling users to join Active Directory join devices to Azure AD during user-driven deployments. At Microsoft's Surface hardware event, Microsoft showcased a new feature for Windows 10 that will allow Android users to view and use any app on their device from Windows. The feature is named App Mirroring, which comes through a Windows app called Your Phone, which is what I mentioned earlier. According to a report by The Verge, the feature works best with Android for now, but they did note the ability to transfer web pages you are viewing on your iPhone over to your Windows device. If you happen to be reading something on your phone, it could be handy to quickly bring it up on your PC with your large monitor for easy reading. I assume functionality will grow for Android and iPhone. It would make sense for Microsoft to embrace all users, not just some. Microsoft released a support statement suggesting that Teams roadmap for bringing Skype for Business Online features and functionality into Microsoft Teams is now complete with a set of messaging, meeting, and calling capabilities introduced. Beginning October 1st, 2018, Skype for Business Online is now no longer included in Office 365 for new customers who have fewer than 500 seats. Tenants that are already using Skype for Business Online will be able to continue to do this until they complete their transition to Microsoft Teams. Office 365 Business Premium customers who purchase subscriptions after October 1st, 2018 through retail stores can access Skype for Business through the admin portal or by contacting customer support. In more Skype news, and as a follow-up to a story I reported on in July, Microsoft have announced the classic version of Skype, Skype version 7, will no longer be supported after November 1st on desktop devices and November 15th on mobile devices. The new version of the client version 8 works just the same across all devices and features built-in call recording and end-to-end -end encryption. So if you're a Skype fan, make sure you're on version 8. One for PC gamers, if you put your PC in gaming mode, with the latest Windows 10, you can set things so that you're never interrupted by Windows updates while you're gaming. I kind of wish they'd extend that to other things other than just gaming. You now have the ability to drag content in your Outlook.com inbox to your task list. It's handy for someone like me who ends each day by doing up my to-do list for the next day. The Azure Serial Console is now available. What is the Serial Console, you ask? Imagine if you will. You've made a change to your VM that results in you being unable to connect to your VM through SSH or RDP. In the past, this would have left you pretty helpless. However, Serial Console enables you to interact with your VM directly through the VM's serial port. In other words, it is independent of the current network state and as described by Microsoft, is essentially like plugging a keyboard directly into your VM. That means that you can debug an otherwise unreachable VM to fix issues like a broken or misconfigured network interface without needing to resort to deleting and recreating the VM. AppV legend Tim Mangan tweeted about a new bug discovered with the Windows 10 version of AppV, specifically the 1803 version of Sequencer. Sometimes shortcuts don't appear in the shortcuts and FTAs tab within the Sequencer, but do in the XML and client. 
The news is a little long-winded this week, so I'll finish up with just a few quick hits, basically just headlines. You can check out the VMware vForm Online Fall 2018, which is taking place Tuesday, October 9th, 2018. That's 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. PDT or 12 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Eastern. It will include 28 technical breakout sessions. You can chat live with experts in a range of different skill areas. There'll be 10 hand-on labs. And also, the keynote will feature VMware CEO, Pat Delzinger. Microsoft's NS-DOS is now available on GitHub. ControlUp 7.2 has now been Nutanix AHV certified. Splunk Enterprise version 7.2 is now available. And that's about it for the news. Now for this week's hot jobs. This week features two jobs within Centra, one based in the US and one in the UK. The US based position is for a project manager. Well, that one is pretty self-explanatory. They're looking for a project manager. The experience and the requirements are pretty obvious. But if you'd like to learn more about that one, I'll provide a link in the YouTube description for this episode, as well as under the reference links for this episode on 5bytespodcast.com under episode 40. But they're also looking for a cloud solution architect in the UK who must have working knowledge of Azure VMs, network security groups, sysadmin knowledge of SQL, Exchange, directory services, including LDAP, Active Directory Group Policy, good experience in Office 365 technologies, working knowledge of authentication mechanisms such as ADFS, SSO, and modern authentication, working knowledge of the features and security components of Windows desktop operating systems, including Windows 7, 8.1, and Windows 10, experience with Office 365 migrations and onboarding activities, experience with EMS, Intune, Intune Hybrid, AADP, ARMS, experience with cloud technologies including Azure, or ideally Azure rather, experience with Windows 10 deployments, relevant MCSE, MCSA certifications, and an understanding and awareness of service management processes and tools. You'll be working in a pre-sales and technical architecture type of role, providing technical delivery of end-to-end Microsoft projects, working remotely and occasionally on-site in the UK. You'll be owning customer success, You'll be a part of a global Microsoft Fast Track program and will help to manage customers' timelines, adoption, track usage, and build relationships. It's also worth noting you'll be working for the same company as Aaron Parker and James Kinden, so you'll be in great company. And now for this episode scripts, tricks, and tips. Emma Vedekind, who is a software engineer with Log Me In, sorry if I butchered the name and is an excellent follow on Twitter, by the way. I actually saw this tip on her Twitter timeline. She posted a great article with tips for writing a standout technical resume. Personally, I use something called Enhanced CV, but I don't know anything else, so the resources Emma shows in her article are all new to me. Emma provides great tips on what the most important part of your resume is, what keywords you should not include, and also how your CV should display your level of education, no matter what level you have completed. Emma provides sample downloads too. I'm definitely going to revisit my own resume with these tips and figure you guys may find this useful too. As always, you'll find links for everything referenced in this episode on 5bytespodcast.com under episode 40 in the reference links and also in the YouTube description for this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening.